Welcome back, everyone. We've got episode 43 of Devil's Army Cast on tap for you today. James and Chris, the duo, as always. Yo. Hopefully we'll be listening to this one on Monday the 29th, if not maybe Tuesday, but we'll have it out in the next couple of days. We're recording this before the 5.30 game against Boston. God tier. Um, episode 43, jersey number 43, only two devils in history of war number 43. Brett Cini? Brett Cini, correct, Boom. most recently. And also, Ben Thompson were back in 2017, I guess, when he got called off for a little bit. So. Yeah, these are all basically like call numbers. Yeah, 44 is There's a couple number 44s here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after that, it's a lot of. Uh, of uh, interesting news. So. Um, all right, what we got going on today? We got current news, we got game recaps, game previews, the to, to be determined section where we just talk about some topics from the past week or so. Um, stock up, stock down, some Bings and Devils update. Pretty quick episode for you, not much going on. We're probably going to have a trade deadline episode coming up in the next couple weeks. Because that's slowly approaching. Um, we're going to discuss a little bit about the trade deadline today, actually, but not go too much into depth. But that's what we got going on. So current news, decent bit happened. We had a couple trades, actually. Eric Stahl got traded to Montreal from Buffalo. This was for a third and a fifth round pick. Um, pretty solid deal for Montreal, to be honest with you. Eric Stahl is still a decent player. I mean... He wasn't doing too hot in Buffalo, but who does good in Buffalo? He actually waived his no-trade clause. He had a Canadian no-trade clause. <laughs> Canada <laughs> no-trade clause. But he waived it to get out of Buffalo. Don't blame him there. Um, another Buffalo guy I've been in the room with trade-wise is Mr. Terrell. Uh, mm-hmm. He was asked if he would waive the trade and no-trade clause. I was like, yeah, sure I would. <laughs> so, like, basically just put it on out there. Don't blame him there. I, I said in the chat, Taylor Hall robbed the, uh, robbed the Buffalo Sabres line. He went there. He knew he couldn't get paid longer term because of COVID. He went there, still got paid like a normal non-COVID world. He got eight mil over the one year. Um, he, I think he only has like two goals this year. It's not. I'm not saying he robbed him based off his performance. It's just the fact that he's going to Buffalo played for a really bad team, and now he's most likely going to get out, traded to a contender, while yeah. still making that $8 million, which Buffalo's probably going to have to retain half. So, but yeah, that's the Buffalo Sabres update for you. Um, oh, more I feel Buffalo like this was a normal sa- or, or, Real quick, I feel like this was a normal season. The trade for Stahl would have been a little different than what was, like, given up. I feel like yeah. Buffalo probably should have gotten more. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's a really good move for Montreal. Um, Sabres are on a 15-game losing streak. I don't know if that got extended from the last time I checked. Uh, but the Devils play the Sabres here the next two days. Or not. Next, during the week, at least. So, 15-game losing streak for the Sabres. Unless that increased or ended the past couple days, which I don't think. No, they just lost the Boston. So that might be at 16 days now. Or 16 games now. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, more NHL wide news. Carter Hart is still stinking it up. Um, the Flyers are on the decline. I think the Rangers passed them in the standings, and maybe they went past them, but um, I think they played last night and they ended up beating the Rangers, so maybe they went back ahead of them. But Flyers are not in a good place. Didn't they Carter get like Hart. 
dumped oh. again, like big time by the Rangers, by the Rangers like the second yeah. time. The Rangers put up seven on them. I'm pretty sure because of Benajad. Um, and another oh, natural no. hat trick. Yeah. So yeah, not good things happening in Philly. Which I mean, I mean, you, hey, I'm you not just complain. hate to see it. Yeah, <laughs> you just hate to see it, right? But, um, finally, finally, they're on the decline. I've been saying that the. The uh, Flyers have been out playing the actual playing roster for like a couple of years now. It's finally showing. So, um, yeah. So back to Carter Hart is eight six nine save percentage, and his underlying goaltending statistics are like the second worst of any goaltender this year out of like seventy something goalies that not seventy something. It'd be like forty something goalies that have played. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's bad. Um, at first, it was like, ah, oh, it's Carter Hart. Maybe you'll figure it out. But it's getting to a point where it's just not good. So that's something to monitor there, what's going to happen there. Because he's getting outplayed by Brian Elliott. I mean, Brian Elliott's not having a good year, but it's a lot better than Hartstone. Uh, Central Division, race is heating up over there. Chicago, Columbus, and Nashville for the fourth spot are all, like, really, really close together. So that's a fun race going on. Uh, Tim Peel. I don't think we talked about this. The referee. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we didn't. So, <clears throat> a hot mic caught him basically saying that he wanted to get a penalty on Nashville, even though there wasn't much there. Um, now, I thought it was funny how people act surprised like this happened. Uh, act yeah. surprised that this happens. The whole idea of refs calling things to balance the game out, it, it's been around since, like, day one. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was doing in this circumstance. He got fired for it. I don't think it really warranted a firing just because they all do it. I'm sure, like, they even talk about it in the ice. It's yeah. just the fans heard it by a hot mic. Like, the teams know. Yeah. He was even telling the Predators that this, like, a Predators player this. Yeah. So it's not like they don't talk about it on the ice. It's just he got he was caught and the fans heard it, so then I ain't to do something or else, you know. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation because it's, it's always been like that. They always try and balance out the game. Um, but... The NHL is also at a point where they're trying to be like, you know, just follow the rule book or whatever. No, um, the NHL's a joke when it comes to officiating. So, There's a lot of places where the NHL's a joke, and this is one of them. Yeah, the problem is that he basically got caught saying it. That's that's the main thing. Um, and you can't, you know, whether 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 it goes on or not, you can't like publicly say that's both basically yeah. like the equivalent of like helping throw a game or something. Yeah, I mean. So. They, like I said, they probably talk about it on the ice all the time. The thing is, like, publicly got caught saying it, not like Mm -hmm. the teams and the people on the ice heard them. And it's it's something you get a feel for, like, as a player and as the team's playing. Like, you can tell which way the calls are going during a game and stuff like that, so. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about how much the NHL officiating, refereeing is a joke later on in this episode. But, yeah, the NHL has a lot of problems, and officiating is definitely one of them, so. Uh, all right, Devils-related news. So, Kyle Palmieri has been in the news, like, the past weeks now because NHL insiders don't have anything better to do. It's just trade light on. It's probably going to be a dud. And he's, like, one of the few names that are out there. Uh, the most recent report is that it's most likely he gets moved because the Devils and Palmieri aren't close on a new deal. That's the newest report. Hmm. We'll talk more on our opinions on what they should do with Kyle Palmieri in the TBD section later on, but that's the news there. Heist Thompson, Arne Calvitai. Calviti, yeah. Calviti, we're both signed to entry-level contracts. Both got two-year deals after the NCAA season ended. Both 
teams to not make the tournament. I know Penn State was not expected to make the tournament after this season, but supposedly it was a surprise Providence got let out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of college hockey, did you catch that five overtime game between North Dakota and Minnesota Duluth last night? I think I saw it like on a TV somewhere, but I wasn't yeah, watching the whole thing. Ended at like two a.m. Five overtimes. Minnesota Duluth ended up winning, which I believe was the upset. I think North Dakota was the higher seed. North Dakota had like seven shots in that game. The Minnesota Duluth goalie actually left in the fourth overtime. It's the cramps. Yeah, he was just gassed. Yeah, I went to bed after the fourth overtime, and the goal happened in the fifth. But, yeah, that's some more power talking news for you. But back to Tice Thompson, RNA, however you say his Top last name, Johnny. Tice Thompson province had – 25 points in 25 games this year. Career, 94 points in 101 games played. Really good stats there. Put up good numbers in college. He is currently quarantining the report to New Jersey, so expect him to get some NHL time. Very fun player. Former fourth-round pick. He blew away expectations at Providence. Hopefully he shows some good signs here in New Jersey and develops and turns into a pretty solid player for him. He's one of their top prospects, top five prospects, top ten definitely. So that's exciting news there. Arne, um, Penn State, went to Penn State, had seven goals, six assists, 13 points in 21 games played. Isn't that all that great scoring there for him? Uh, 48 points in 68 games played overall, not great there. Um, former six-round pick. It'll be interesting to see what he has in store for the Devils. At one point, when he tore up for Finland at the, I think it was the World Juniors. You remember when he tore up and he ended up getting hurt, and everyone was like, "Wow, this kid might be a player for the Devils." Mm-hmm. Ever since then, the scoring output in NCAA wasn't great. So I don't know how much of a ceiling this kid actually has, but it'll be fun to watch him play. He's reporting straight to Binghamton, so it'll get time down there. I wouldn't expect him. To I wouldn't expect to see him in New Jersey at all this year. But, mm. but yeah, too, good to see Fitz get these deals done, especially with Tyce Thompson, because you know how some of these college players and getting deals done goes. Um, yeah. Will Butcher, what's his face? The Colorado kid that was a devil's prospect for into Colorado. Kerfoot. Uh, yeah. Kerfoot. Yeah. So. I was thinking that, but I was like, he was in Toronto, so I couldn't remember if that was the correct one or not. Yeah, he was in Colorado. I don't think he's there now. I don't don't think he's in Toronto now, but... Say it again? Yeah. I think he's in Toronto still. Look look that up while I talk if you don't mind. I'm curious. Where Alexander Kerfoot is? Yeah, where he's in Toronto. But yeah, besides that, I think that's all the current news. Um, Well, Chris is looking that up now. But... um, Looks like he's uh, he's still he's still with the Avs. It looks like. So he was in Toronto, then went to Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I think that might have been what it was. Pull this up real quick. No, it's showing him as a Leaf. Yeah, so he's, yeah, he's a Leaf he now. signed with the Avs and then got traded. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. That's what it's showing. Two years in Colorado yeah, two and then years, two years in two Toronto. Years. Yep. All right, news-wise, I think that's all. Do you have anything I may have missed? Um, I don't believe so, no. Uh, yeah, moving on, game recaps. So, this segment's getting kind of more and more dry just because we're getting more and more games in between, like, episodes, so it's kind of hard to remember the games, like, <laughs> in-depthly, but we're still going for it. We're going to be recapping one, two, three, four, five, six games 
Uh, Pittsburgh 3, I, I think. When I was making that schedule, I, I forgot what games we talked about last episode. If we're repeating, I apologize, but we're just going to go with this. So we're going to start with the 318 game. Home versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Devils won 3-2. They got out to a 3-0 lead. Huge two bands, a jack of goals. Gensel made it 3-1 after two. Pittsburgh got a late goal and make things interesting. Scott Woodrow was great in this game, 40-42 in the dub. And he's got the goal and the assist. Do you recall anything from this game? Uh, I do not, unfortunately. I was I think I was still going through a lot of moving stuff. <laughs> then, then maybe we talked about this one before. I really don't remember. So, moving on. The second of the three against Pittsburgh. 3-1 loss against Pittsburgh. Devils actually got up in early. He got an early lead in this one. Kyle Palmieri goal. Palmieri's starting to put it together recently. Finally getting some good puck loss, putting the puck in the net. But, uh, Penn's got two in the second, one in the third. Devils lost 3-1. Wedgwood played again, and he was 26 for 29. Moving on to the last game against Pittsburgh, this time in Pittsburgh. Devils got the dub in overtime. Teams traded goals in the first period, and then Jesper Bratz with a beautiful wraparound goal in overtime to win it. Blackwood was stellar in this game, 35-36. But, uh, yeah, this ended a three-game set, which is Penguins, Devils took two of the three, which is good. Devils are playing their best hockey here of the season, you could argue. These for, these stretch of four games. Yeah, I think they've definitely been ramping it up. They were, and then it kind of went back downhill. But that, that's what playing the capsule booty it. The next game after this Pittsburgh Penguins three-game set was against the Flyers in Philly. Devils jumped out to an early 1-0 lead. Philly answered back, and then Palm's power play goal made it 2-1 in the first period. So after one, we enter the second period, two to one, Devils lead. Devils get two in the second to make it a 4-1 game. We got Igor and Zajac. I want to talk about this line real quick. This Igor, Sharon Govich, Travis Zajac, Yanni Kokanen line. So this line's very weird to me. It's been producing scoring-wise and goals-wise, as you can see. Um, Igor, Travis, and Yanni all had decent point goals mm-hmm. in this game. Yeah. Igor has been good in terms of generating shot attempts and creating turnovers. But when you look at this line's underlying, they're constantly caved in on a nightly basis. Like their shot attempts, their Corsi is always below 50 and their expected goals are always below 50. Basically means when you're on the ice, the other team is getting more shot attempts than they are. And they're also getting better quality shot attempts than they are. But the line's not contributing. In terms of the score sheet. Now, usually when this happens, it means the contributing's kind of like an uh, an outlier and it's going to regress back to them not contributing as much. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are like dubbing this line as like, oh, this line's been terrific. They're the devil's best line. I'd be careful there just because how like the underlines look and usually it regresses to them not contributing so much and then actually getting, letting up the goals and stuff. Because I was looking at Igor Shenandoah's turn. Actually, we'll talk about Igor later. Anyway, I just want to talk about that line. Do you have an opinion on that line? I mean, they've been doing well, like you said. And, and uh, Kokonen's still been pretty hot, too, right? Yeah, he's been racking up more of the assists lately. But he's still putting some points up. That line as a whole has been putting points up. But like I said, their underline don't really match up to it. So it's a little confusing. Interesting. Anyway, back to this game. Devils were up 4-1. The Flyers got two goals in the third to make it interesting. Blackwood played solid again, which was good to see. 30-33. Igor and Zajac with a goal and assist. And Yanni Kulkinen with two assists. Fun fact. Travis Zajac leads the Devils in 5v5 points this year. I bet you wouldn't have guessed that. Oh, my goodness. That's just how the Devils season is going. Uh, 
to end this game recap segment, we got two games against the Capitals who just own the New Jersey Devils. The Washington Capitals, if any team in this league, own Devils. Every time they play, it's like foregone conclusion. Uh oh. Not good. <laughs> so the first yeah, game was the first matter. game. The Devils actually got out to a lead. They were up one nothing. Washington levels at one. Wood scores to make it two one. Caps level it right back. That was the theme of this game. Devils would score, Caps would answer. Like minutes later. So Caps answer back two two. And then I believe the Caps get another one to make it three two. And then Brad scores a power play goal. Really nice shot by Josh Brad with a slapper. Kind of like from where Ovechkin usually gets his goals. Um, but yeah, Brat made a 3 3. And then Damon Severson with his own goal stop. It strikes oh my goodness. It, it's just wild how it's always him. Um, it, it's a shame because this is what makes the fans so sour towards him. Which, I mean, I get to an extent just because you don't want to be putting the puck in your own net, but it's not like he means to do it. It's, it's not like he's sitting there purposely putting the puck in his own net. It's just bad luck, and it happens to yeah, him. It's just horrible puck luck. Horrible puck luck. And it happens to him a ton. So, um, yeah, Devils ended up losing this 1-4-3. They were able to tie it up, like I said, but the Damon Severson, I think it went off his foot this time and redirected into his own net. Yeah. made a 4-3. Dude, just can't catch a break. Yeah. Blackwood, unfortunately, after a stretch of really good play, didn't play all too hot in this game. Only made 18 saves on 22 shots. So that hard work to get a save percentage back up, to, I think it almost got back to 9-10. Um, this, this didn't help that cost too much. But. Uh. but, yeah, that was that game. I'm assuming since you've gotten settled in, did you get, were you able to catch this one? Um, I literally just got my TV yesterday. <laughs> my TV oh, broke during my move, so. Um, what an eventful time you must have been having moving in. Uh, moving in, moving time is always a very interesting and stressful time. Yeah, yeah, but, I literally haven't had a TV since I've been here, so. <laughs> I don't know what I do without my TV or my uh, laptop. Last game we're going to talk about is the one that occurred on Friday. It was the back end of a doubleheader back-to-back with the Caps. The Devils just got blown out 4-0. Um, it was just not a good game from start to finish. But, yeah, I don't know. There's not much to talk about for this one. Who's in the net for this one? This Scott was... Scott was in that for this one, right? For which one? The most recent for nothing loss. This is Scott Westwood. Let me see. Yeah, he was. Um, okay. 27 saves and 31 shots. He's in between the pipes. Man's career, dude, it, it's insane. Talking about Scott Wedgwood now. Uh, so, the man has a weird number of shutouts, right? It's either like mm-hmm. a shutout or like a 40-plus save performance that results in a really high 9-whatever save percentage. Or his save percentage is sub-9 and he gives up four goals. So, I'm looking right now. There's mm-hmm. only one game where he has a save percentage below like 920 to like 900, and the rest of them are either above that or at a shutout or below that in the eights, and just not a good game. It's just a weird career. It's <laughs> just that level, but yeah, it's pretty bizarre. Um, alrighty. Do you want to add anything here to these game recaps from the past week? The Pitts series, the one game against Philly, and then the two back-to-back doubleheading in Washington. I, I was I, able I, to at least see a little bit of that uh, overtime game against Pittsburgh where Brad scored on that wraparound. That was really nice. Pretty that was sweet. Yeah. Just Brad's a hell of a hockey player and the devil's on <laughs> playing like once. Mm-hmm. 
Anything else? Is that it? Move on to I think, yeah, I think so. I think we covered it. Previews. So, moving on to the game previews now. We're only going to preview two because we're not going to talk about the game at 5.30 against Boston because you guys won't listen to this before that. So, they play the Boston Bruins today. It's, uh, I guess we've talked about a little bit, but the Bruins, I don't know, Chris, if you caught the lineup they're putting out, they're missing, like, so many players. It's kind of crazy. Doesn't matter. They're got here. They're, it doesn't matter. They're gods here. They're, they're going to just dominate. Give them the cup now. Yeah, for you guys, I mean, for you guys that don't know the whole joke here, I'm, I'm sure you guys know if you've listened since uh, day one. Is for whatever reason, like in the beginning of the season, the Bruins were playing. Like, I, I think it was not great. And then we're tooting Chris's horn a little bit because Chris was saying, oh, the Bruins ain't going to be too hot. And then all of a sudden, the Bruins turned it on. And since we talked about how Chris got the prediction right, they went on a tear and won like nine in a row or something like that. So the whole joke is now whatever Chris says about the Bruins, the complete opposite happens. <laughs> that, that's the whole that's the whole joke there for you guys who are confused. But um, yeah, they play the Bruins and the Bruins, I don't know if you got a chance to look at their lineup. It's it's disgusting. They have so it looks like an AHL lineup. <laughs> are they missing their perfection line? Yeah, Farshan's on the uh, COVID list. Oh. I think they have Bergeron and uh, I think they have Bergeron and Ashmacko, but they're mm-hmm. missing Lazon on D. John Moore's out for the season. He just got announced. Uh, there's another defenseman. I think Brandon Carlo's missing. Uh, the Andre Anders Kache is missing. There's a whole bunch of forwards they don't have. It. It's just a mess. But yeah, Devils got to take advantage in that one. So we'll see what happens. So this week, three sixteen, they're home versus Buffalo, and three eighteen, they're home versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh 22-11-2. They're 7-2-1 in their last 10. Sidney Crosby's having a great year. Their goalies are playing well. Smith and Jari both playing well recently. Bells have played Pittsburgh well this year, though, so we shall see. That game's on the 18th. The Devils, hopefully the Sabres going to win from now to the 16th. Because <laughs> it's one of those where you just think they're due. Am they're I due. Saying they're the due. 16th? Why am I saying the 16th? We played them on the 16th. Is that what I'm, I'm stealing that nonsense off of? I have the calendar up right in front oh, of me. You know what? Totally ignore that. That's not their <laughs> upcoming schedule. They got the Bruins on the 30th coming up, mm-hmm. and they got the Caps in New Jersey on the second. Those are the two games we'll be previewing. Yeah. Or that are coming up. I don't know where I have Buffalo and Pittsburgh in my notes for, but that's they're the two next games. week. They're they're the sixth and the eighth and the ninth. So the Devils got Boston on the 28th, and then they got Boston again on the 30th. I'm assuming Boston's going to be banged up for both games, so mm-hmm. Devils need to take advantage of that. Yep. Then they got the Caps again on the second, and we know how games against the Caps usually go. I think the Devils are winless Fun. in six against them this year, so we'll see if they're able to get that in lucky number seven. I think they only have the Caps two more times this year, thank goodness. Yeah, I'm always excited to see them playing the Capitals. Always excited. I, hey, listen, I'm not opposed to helping Ovi out getting that goal record. <laughs> I really want to see him break that. I'm a big Ovi guy, so. I got, I'm actually, I have an Ovechkin um, retro when he first broke into the league. It's not a yeah. reverse retro. It's like an old-time Caps jersey old when he school, first broke yeah. into the league. Yeah, the very cool jersey, the dark, the black, and like the gold color. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But anyway, that's what's coming up this week. Uh, we'll probably record that hopefully Friday after those two games, or three games. So. All right, the to-be-determined segment, unless you want to add anything about the uh, – the Bruins and the uh, 
Bruins are uh, Bruins are elite and god tier. Um, they, like I said, they should just have the Stanley Cup given to them now. Um, and it's always fun watching the Devils play Washington. Always fun. Yeah. So that's Chris's non-sarcastic, very analytic analysts uh, breakdown of these upcoming couple games. So. Um, moving on to the TVD section, this week we'll be talking about what to do with Kyle Palmieri. Just talking about Jack Hughes, a lot of people, for whatever reason, seem, are seemingly getting a little antsy with his play recently. Um, but we're here to tell you, he's having a really darn good season. So, And then the last thing we're going to talk about is Andres Janssen. Andres Janssen is slowly from Devil's Twittersphere and Facebook and all that really good stuff on those websites is slowly becoming a guy that Dallas fans absolutely hate because they don't think that he's performing up to standards, which is true in a sense. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll break down this play further when we get to that. <laughs> Alright, what should the Devils do with Kyle, Kyle Palmer and Chris? It sounds like they're going to trade him because the deal's not getting worked out. What yeah. do you think a trade would look like? Do you still want them to try to work to bring him back? What's your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I would want to see Palms back, but if it's not going to work, I mean... We got to do what we got to do. Um, I know it was rumored Toronto was like full board um, in, in general for the trade deadline. Like any prospects were available and stuff like that. Um, so given the weird situation that it is, um, I, w- I would see them fetching potentially more than what Buffalo got for stall. Um, and it, I, I'd see picks and some prospects. Um but, the, but that's that's about it, so. Yeah, so like Chris said, I'd be a pretty big fan of bringing Palms back. I know um, he hasn't been off the standards this year, but he's starting to turn around a little bit. And the Devils' biggest problem is a unit. Don't let people tell you it's defense. It's not. Yeah. It's their ability to score and having a solid talent up front. You just need to I score more goals than the other team, and we can't do that. Yeah, and Kyle Palmieri, he's in years past, has been pretty good at doing that. And he's definitely the Devils, albeit not shown it this year, the Devils' best pure goal scorer on the roster. And losing a guy like that is wouldn't be ideal. And I see these people saying, well, you got Alexander Holt coming up. Alexander mm-hmm. Holt isn't what Kyle Palmer is yet. So you can't just replace Kyle Palmer's hole with Alexander Holt and stuff to do better. The other thing, too, is I don't know, Chris, if you saw this stat, the Devils under 22 have the most point total from that age group of any team in the league, and it's by a wide margin, too. I don't know the exact numbers. I think the Senators are second, and it's like a 10-plus point difference. Mm-hmm. And that's good in the sense that the Devils yeah. have young talent, but it's not good in the fact that they're probably playing younger guys that shouldn't be playing at the NHL level right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a double-sided thing. I mean, it's great to see the young guys are contributing and, and progressing, but at the same time, you do expect your normal NHL, you know, level players to kind of be leading the way there. Yeah, and it's a lot to do with they have quantity, like so many under-22 guys playing, which is not necessarily a good thing. You should probably have more veterans playing and contributing. Mm-hmm. But that's just not how the Devils roster is constructed. Um, back to Kyle Palmieri, I would like them to bring him back. Nothing more than like five and a half mil a year. Tops. Yeah. Because of how the market is and stuff, and you got to be careful with a guy that's now 30 years old. If he wants more than that, fortunately, you got to trade him because you can't lose him for nothing. 
crazy yeah. mind. Everyone's seemingly thinking it's going to be a dud with COVID and everything. Teams cutting back budgets and stuff. Don't think there's going to be a lot of moves there. Like Chris said, Toronto or the New York Islanders, I think, are good landing spots for a Palmieri. And what they'll get for him, probably a second in the prospect is what I think. Um, I saw a rumor of Kiefer Bellows and a second-round pick from the Islanders. Kiefer Bellows isn't the best prospect, but I'd still be down for that. Um, but a second in the prospect, I think, what you'll you'll hopefully see. So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's the Cal Palmieri situation. Um, moving over to Jack Hughes. It's funny how this goes, and I think this is how it works with every fan base. People going from dubbing Jack Hughes as the next elite superstar, best player in the league, to, oh, my God, Jack Hughes sucks, and everyone should be worried about him. It's just funny how people go, like, how, how mindsets change so quickly. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to throw some numbers at you. CJ Turturro wrote a good article for Infernal Access this morning, or I think it was yesterday. Jack Hughes rankings... Mm-hmm. On the Devils, he's second in goals above replacement, first in expected goals above replacement, second on expected goals impact. His uh, goals on at five and five is seven goals and yes, seven. He has seven goals this year. Maybe I don't know yeah, off the top of my head. Does. He does, um, but his seven goals at five and five leads the Devils. Uh, what a good stats so I have for you. 16 points is third on the team, plus 13 penalty differential. One of the best on the team is 205 shot contributions is first. Number two is 140, so that's by a wide margin. And his penalty differential, like I said, is plus 13. The second best is plus six. So. Jack mm-hmm. Hughes is your best play driving forward on the New Jersey Devils this year, and it's not remotely close. Yeah. Um, he does have places where he needs to work, though. He needs to work in the face-off circle. He is the worst face-off man in the NHL this year. Really? And it's not even close. Yeah, he's he's at like 34% in the dot this year. Which is just terrible. I mean, it'll get better, and that's usually how it goes for young centermen. Usually, young centermen's numbers aren't as bad as 34%, but hopefully it only goes up. Um, what else we got? His shot. You do need to see improvements in this shot. He misses the net a lot. I think he's too busy trying to aim the puck, and sometimes he gets carried away, and he just shoots it over or whatever, but his shot will get better as he gets stronger and older. And then lastly, he turns the puck over way too much. Um, his turnover rate's one of the tops in the NHL, and that's just because that's the way he plays. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you take it, and you don't take it. Um, it, it. This is another thing as he gets older. It'll get figured out, but you, you do want to see him be a little bit more careful with the puck. But either way, Jack Hughes is the Devils' best play driving center, best forward this year. He'll continue to be best. His ceiling is probably like an 80 point a year player. And when was the last time Devils had one of those? So. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. So um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add about Jack Hughes. Maybe, maybe Taylor Hall, but besides that. Yeah, so you're correct there, but more like um, I meant like over a long period of time, 80-point year, I think Jack Hughes has the capabilities of being an 80-point player each mm. season for, like, a longer um, period. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to add? No, um, I think you I think you covered everything on him. Look at me. Um, moving on to Andres Janssen now, right? 
Yeah, so that's yeah we're talking about that. So go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts on Andre Johnson this year. So, so it seems like he's kind of been hot and cold roller coaster a little bit. Um, I know we were excited when we got him from the Leafs in that trade. Um, I feel they like gave up Joey Anderson. Yeah. by the way, I don't think he's played a game. In the he probably has. Yeah, I mean he was he was a decent prospect in uh, AHL All Star, but um, <laughs> I know I know that apparently on Devils Twitter or hockey Twitter or something, uh, he might not be the m- most favorite with the fans right now. Um, and I think maybe it's because a little bit of roller coaster play here and there from him. Yeah. Um. So he only has eight points in thirty-two games played, which is bottom line is just not where you want it to be, especially after the like expectation surrounding trade. He has been below expectations, and I agree with the people saying that. But people calling for him to be out of the lineup and saying like, "Oh, the trade was a boss Devils lost the trade." That's just incorrect. The Devils gave up Joey Anderson. Like I said, I don't think he's played a game in the NHL this year. Uh, I know that's because Toronto's team is a little bit loaded, but. I mean, it's Joey mm. Andre Johnson is a better player than Joey Anderson. All baby. No offense to Joey Anderson. They're two totally different players. It's just, you know, it's, I don't know much else to say there. He's played one game in the NHL, by the way, this year. Joey Plus yeah. one. That's surprising. I figured he, he gets, well, maybe it's not surprising because Toronto's super stacked, like, yeah, offensively. Yeah. So. All right. So, Andre Johnson this year. Got some stats for you. You know I love my stats. Mm-hmm. But he's not nearly as bad as everyone's made him out to be. He's number six on the Dallas and expected goals. It's above 50. Number seven in Corsi 4. It's above 50. 50 is league average and above league average in both those categories. His chart is his regularized average plus minus, whatever the thing's called. Mm-hmm. But basically it shows telling statistics offensively, defensively, Corsi 4 per 60, expected goals per 60. Spectacles against per 60 and Corsi against per 60. Offensive and defensive. So his defensive metrics are really, really good this year. Like a very reliable defensive player. It's his offensive that aren't that great. I think that has a lot to do with he's just not getting all that luck. But, um, I mean, you can see it out there. He's a smooth skater. He's nice with the puck when he the has one stick. Yeah, and it's not helping out Lindy Ruffs buried him in the fourth line with Mikey McLeod and whoever the winger is for tonight on that fourth line. But Andre Johnson, he's going to be just fine. He needs to play. He's a lot better than other guys that'd be in the lineup for him. But yeah, I'm not here for the Andre Johnson slander this year. Yeah, I get it. But he's had some some high points, but it's just uh, not, you know, not enough. And for whatever reason, when you come to the New Jersey Devils, you're not going to score and get points. That's just how the Devils' <laughs> offense is. It just doesn't produce. So you got to take that into account, too. <laughs> um, yeah, you want to add anything about Janssen, Jack Hughes, or the Kyle Palmieri situation here before we move on? I think um, with, with – well, with Johnson and Hughes, it's definitely going to be more than this season. You know, don't be judging these players just based off this season alone. Um, but with Paul Mary, I'm expecting, you know, like I said, a bigger return than what Buffalo got for Stahl. Um, at this point, I'm, I'm accepting that he's going to get traded. I, I hope he resigns, but I don't really see that happening at this point. So, 
Yeah, I agree with that. We'll have a full trade <laughs> deadline episode here in the coming weeks. So, stock up, stock down. Over the past week or so, uh, who you got stock? Well, you weren't able to really catch much this week, right? No. I mean, I, I saw, like, who was scoring and stuff, so I know, like, Brad was doing pretty good. Sharon yes. Bovich was doing pretty good. Yes. Um, I have both of my stock. And I yeah. Uh, Mikey McLeod's been really good since he returned. Miles Wood is producing in a fourth line role, and Kyle Palmer has been hot at Nice. So, Up yeah, that trade value. Um, second down, Mikhail Maltsev actually got taken out of the lineup. He had two really bad defensive laps in their last game, which is disappointing because Mikhail Maltsev has been pretty good defensively besides those two plays. Yeah. Um, so he's out of the lineup tonight. Deservingly so, but Pablo Zaka's trending downwards a bit. He's gotten a couple points recently, but he's underlying or back to where Pavel Zaka's underlying has been in the past. Not good. Mm-hmm. We'll see that shoots back up, but nothing too crazy bad there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really all I got for a second. I guess that Sharon Govich um... Quoking uh, so Jack line. Yeah, that, that line, I know they've been scoring and mm-hmm. contributing. I'm not putting up stock up, stock down, or whatever. I'm just talking about them again. It's just very weird to me how their underlings aren't great, but they're still getting on the score sheet. So it'll be interesting how that continues. Um, Igor Sharangovich, I have him on my stock up, and that's because he's generating a lot of chances. And he's also doing uh, generating a lot of takeaways. But when you look at his underlying, it tells the story of a guy that creates a lot of chances, but is just brutal defensively, which I, I agree with. You see him scoring a decent bit, and he's generating chances. It's just his line, whenever he's on the ice, is getting pinned in for a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anything else you want to add to stock up, stock down segment? Uh, uh, I mean, <clears throat> would you categorize Blackwood as stock down? No, because he played two really, really good games there. Okay. And then he had the one sinker where it was 18 to 22. So I left them off. If anything, I okay. would put them up, up because his first two games, like his past three, first two were great. Like old Blackwood, vintage Blackwood, mm-hmm. Blackwood we've grown to like. And then the last game wasn't too good. So I left them off on this. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember uh, we were talking about him earlier in this episode. And um, you were mentioning the he kind of had a bad game most recently. So didn't yeah. know what you would consider for him if you would put him in that or not, so... No, he, uh, the, the two games before that, I played really well, bounced it out, so... Gotcha. Stock down, not Devils, really, is the NHL officiating. Um, just absolutely miserable. That Flyers-Devils game, there was four penalties in the first two periods, I think it was, and there's a good argument that none of them were penalties. And then also, in the following game, I think against Washington, when the Devils lost by one, there was... Two four-minute high-sticking penalties. Devils, it was Zajac and maybe Miles Wood both got hit in the face with high sticks. Late happened right in front of officials. Mm-hmm. They didn't call anything. That's eight minutes of power play time the Devils got screwed out of in that game. I don't know. It's not hard. I know people say it's hard. I give them a break because whatever. It, it's not hard to call those penalties. It's a joke. And it's, it's like that in all sports, though. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how these people get paid so much money to just be awful at their job. <laughs> that's that's the NHL officiating. On top of the uh, the other one that we talked about at the beginning of this uh, episode with the one ref. 
Yeah, and like they're, they're worried about that when they have officials, other officials just missing blatant high sticking calls and calling stuff they shouldn't call. Uh, so. I think got a lot of problems. Alright, anything else stock up, stock down before we talk about the big and devils and close this on out here? Uh, nothing I can think of, no. Binghamton Devils not doing too hot down here either. Um, they've had four games since they came back from COVID. They were on a COVID pause. And we talked about that a couple episodes ago. They had a 6-5 W, which ended, I think it was an eight-game losing streak against Hershey. And then they lost 3-2 in overtime against Hershey. It was a brutal loss. They were up 2-1. But Hershey got a late mm-hmm. goal to send it to overtime. And then Hershey scored with like one second left in overtime too. So Devils lost, Binghamton Devils lost that one in overtime. Then they had two losses against Hershey, 3-2 in regulation, and 6-3 last night. Um, those games were against Lehigh Valley. The last two were against uh, Hershey, the win in the overtime loss. So they're 3-7, 3-1 in the season now. They have one win in their past 12 games. Not good. Not good. No. Defense have been atrocious for them. They got a lot of young players playing, which I guess you could put two and two together, but it's just not good. The goaltending's been bad. Uh, points leaders, Brett Cini, or Ben Street, I'm sorry, has 14 points in 14 games. Nolan Foote has 13 points in 15 games. I would expect to see him at some point in New Jersey. He's had a really, really good season. He's looked really good down there for them. Which is mm-hmm. good. Marin Studenich has 7 and 15. Riley Walsh has 7 and 15. And Graham Clark, since signing his contract, has been great. He has 6 points and 11. Most of those are goals, power play goals. He's looked very good. So that's good for the Devils. Um, goaltending staff are not pretty. Both have struggled. Gilly Sen, 8.89 save percentage. And Evan Cormier, the 8.79 save percentage. I'm worried about the Devils' goaltending prospect group. I know they just drafted. Uh, uh, Nico Dawes, right? Mm-hmm. They have Cole Brady, who had a good season at Arizona State. They have Akira Schmid, who's put rough numbers up. Gilly Sands put rough. I don't know. It's an interesting group. I don't know if anyone's going to merge there as an NHL player for them. So. Yeah. That's your Binghamton Devils. Not a lot of good happening in the Devils organization right now in terms of uh, actual play. Did we, um, this is probably the worst possible time to think about this. Should have thought it in the beginning. Did we go over that they changed the NHL draft lottery process? Yeah, so we haven't. We can okay. talk about it because I have no idea how they changed it. It's very confusing to me. So I think, there's, I think there's two or three changes. One of them is taking effect this year. The rest won't take place till after. Um... So I think the one that's taking place this year is if you are uh, – if you finish, like, last or something, the lowest you can pick is third or um, something like that. Um, I, f- I forget – I'm actually forgetting now which which rule is getting applied this year, but that's one of the rules where if you finish, like, dead last, you the furthest you can fall is to third. Um, and then I think they're making it where you can only jump up, like uh, – 11 spots, I think, if you win lottery pick. So, yeah, they're trying to change it up. So, speaking of draft light, the New Jersey Devils are currently in the sixth slot. They saw point percentage. They're behind the Ottawa Senators and in front of the San Jose Sharks. They would be in the fifth spot if the Seattle Kraken weren't a thing. But they are a thing, and mm-hmm. they're at number two. Or they're slotted at three, and those can't change. They'll be three no matter what. Yeah. 
Um, Alright, so I'm looking at the rules right now. The new update. So this is one that's not taking place yet this year. The NHL ruled that a franchise can win the lottery no more than twice in a five-year span. Mm-hmm. So that's a new part. Um, the other change is that the lottery will only determine the first two picks in the draft rather than having uh, them determine the first three. So I'm assuming now that when you go through the 15 teams or whatever, only two teams are going to be selected and those two teams are going to be teams that jump to the front type deal. Is that how that's going to work? I think so, but I think there's also a rule where you can only move up a certain amount of spots. Like, depending on where you finished. Uh, yeah. So, another change to draft lottery is that teams can move off a maximum of 10 spots by winning one of the two lotteries. So, only 11 of 16 teams that missed the playoffs will be eligible for the first overall pick. So, mm-hmm. teams with uh, 11 to 1 are the only teams that can move up or pick first. So, if a team's 16th and they win the lottery, I guess they'll move up to, what, 9th? That deal. So. Yeah, that's your lot. Thanks, Chris, for bringing that up. So we should have probably talked about that a little while ago, but we never got to it. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's all we got in this episode. Not much going on. Like I said, coming up, we'll have a trade deadline episode. At some point, I want to have a fun, like, mock Seattle expansion draft episode. It might be mm. too early to do that. But I think we would have a lot of fun with that one. Trade deadline. Season's moving fast, man. We're we're past the halfway mark. We're gonna get to playoff hockey soon. Not Devils, unfortunately, but we're used to that. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, but, but we're moving along here. I'm excited for the off season, which is a shame because I feel like that's as Devils fans what we usually are at this point of the season is yep. getting excited for the off season and stuff. But fun stuff coming up. We'll try to get more content out for you guys. Stay tuned to the uh, the pages. Well, he's got content, a lot of pre-games recaps. Um, fortunately, I haven't had much original content because it's just been so much games and more games and people are busy mm-hmm. writing pre-games and recaps. But we'll try to get something out for you guys. But besides that, I think figure for our next episode to hopefully be dropped next weekend. We apologize for the slight delay we had in getting the last episode out. Mm-hmm. Mr. Chris, the great editor he is, just been really busy. For, uh, with his movement and stuff, and me, I don't know. I'm like an old guy when a uh, old person when it comes to like editing and all that fun stuff. So I'm no help there. But um, yeah, that's where we're at, folks. Yeah, let's go, um, Devils, baby. Yes, sir. As always, everyone stay safe out there, and we'll hopefully talk to you guys sometime next weekend. Peace. <laughs>